Future Proof Extra from News Talk. Now, your teeth will most likely outlast the rest of you. And should an archaeologist want to know something about you in the distant future, this might be the best way. But teeth don't just provide information about you. They can also tell us a lot about the world in which you live. But how? Well, Tanya Smith is Associate Professor in the Australian Research Centre for Human Evolution at Griffith University and author of The Tales Teeth Tell. She joins me now. Hi, Tanya. Hi, pleasure to be with you. So, um, why teeth? Teeth have these amazing records of our daily life as we're growing and developing, which begins even before we're born. They tell us about when we were sick. They tell us about what we were eating. They tell us about what we were drinking. Uh, They're really an intimate record of the very first few days of our lives and the first few years, in fact. You say daily. What do you mean? I mean 24-hour rhythms. There are these biological clocks that are ticking in our bodies on a daily basis. And when we're growing our bones and teeth, the cells actually lay down the tissues on a daily basis, preserving and capturing each day of formation. What? Yeah, believe it or not, there's been experimental studies that have shown this in laboratory animals and even in humans, in some cases, of known age. You can count every single day between when you're born and, in some cases, when an individual dies. And that actually corresponds perfectly. Shut the front door. Really? That's unbelievable. (laughs) It's it's true. They're better than tree rings. So... um how come we don't have enormous teeth? I suppose because cells are quite small. Is that, is that what it is? And we all, but surely we. Li- I mean, like I know when you you crunch into something, uh, like for example, a nice bit of Brighton rock, um, <laughs> you you know you 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 must surely scrunch away a whole a week or two of of your your history. It's true. When you eat something really abrasive, you do end up eroding that record right away. Uh, But most of us don't tend to eat really abrasive things. We tend not to chew down on rocks. And in fact, our teeth show very little wear, even at the end of our lives. This didn't used to be the case. In fact, uh, Neanderthals and earlier hominins, they would wear their teeth down very quickly. They loved rocks. They did. <laughs> well, they didn't really love taking their, their produce to the kitchen sink and washing it. So they, they picked up a lot of grit and, you know, environmental contaminants that, uh, that didn't help very much. So um, what layers, uh, when you say we, we, a layer is created every day, what uh, is captured in those cells that can be of any use? Well, uh, first of all, again, there's a structure that represents time. So I use microscopes. I slice up teeth and I put them under microscopes. I magnify the the products of these cells and I can see little structures that repeat every 24 hours. But we can also use lasers and ion microprobes to sample the chemistry. So there's a structure that records time that is permanently preserved. But that structure also includes chemistry. And that chemistry is a record, again, of what we're eating and drinking, as well as an impression of our environment. Wow. I didn't think our our teeth were so permeable. Can you explain the 24 hours thing, though? Um, Sure. What, over the course of of a day, why would it Mm -hmm. change to to give you a, a clock, so to speak? Well, there are many biological rhythms that are at play in the natural world. Uh, we think of, you know, lunar cycles. Um, in our bodies, we have changes that happen every 24 hours relating to things like acid-base chemistry, um, different blood proteins. You think about melatonin, right, the, the hormone that represents night in our bodies. Those things cycle on a regular basis. And in our growing bones and teeth, the cells are also influenced by these rhythmic changes in our physiology. And that's what's translated down into the little mineral blocks that are produced each day. Wow. 
So we can use this then to look back in time and see what early club holding rock man had for dinner. Yeah, we can look at past diets. We can look at how long it took ancient hominins to grow up. Uh, not everything grew and developed like we do today. So one of the things I do is a little bit of um, dental detective work in the past, looking at, for example, how long it took Neanderthal kids to grow up or earlier species. What do you mean you took long they... to grow up? Do you mean like well, stop hanging out with their parents? To... And, and Yeah, and... sort of. I mean, think about uh, humans living today. We tend to grow up our teeth until about 18 to 20 years of age, which is usually about the time people get out of the house, uh, maybe even start having their own kids. So there's a relationship between how long it takes to form your teeth and when you hit maturity, if you will. And that relationship, we think, holds in the past. It certainly holds for our evolutionary cousins, chimpanzees and monkeys even. So when you can say something about how long it takes the teeth to grow, you can say something about how long the whole lifespan is overall and how how long it took to get to those key reproductive milestones, like having babies. You can tell from someone's teeth when they had a baby? Well, actually, there's some evidence that uh, young mothers who are still growing their teeth may show stress lines at that point in time. Yeah, we see this with uh, monkeys in some cases, and it, people report that that may be true in humans as well. You say maybe. It's not something we, we've definitively discovered. It's a... It's actually quite hard to prove. Uh, mm. There's technical reasons why that's the case. but um, So teeth record stress when we're growing and developing. And these stress lines look the same, whether we're having a fever, whether we're having a baby, whether we're um, you know, having a, a social stress that's very disruptive to us, whether we're being born. All these stress lines are identical in, in the way that they manifest in the teeth. So unless you've got really perfect records for somebody's history, it's hard at times to parse out, you know, was that a, a, was that Brexit a pregnancy? Or, or was that... Yeah, was that Brexit? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so we want to use other kinds of evidence along with these stress lines, such as chemistry, to be able to figure out whether, you know, that was a tough winter period or whether that was an illness uh, or whether perhaps an individual was uh, giving birth. Previously, you were looking at a, an eight-year-old Belgian Neanderthal, which is sort of a, mm-hmm. in itself an interesting thing to look at. Yeah. And you, you, you claimed that you were able to figure out that this child was weaned at one um, year and or mm-hmm. one year and two months of age. How on earth could you figure that out? Great question. Well, this was a, a couple of different studies I did with this fossil child. I, first of all, worked out how old it was when it died. I was able to find these tiny timelines in its teeth and work through from the very beginning to the last teeth that were formed right before death. So that gave me an age of this individual. And when I looked more closely at the first 